Hey, expats and travelers, welcome to this week's episode sponsored by WorldPost.io, the virtual mailbox service powered by Anytime Mailbox. We'll get to the features and benefits a little later. If you're interested in becoming an expat, whether you're moving to Portugal or another overseas location, I highly recommend you get your finances in order before you move. Yes, it's actually really important that you do it before you go. I know when we first got started, we did not do it that way. But if we knew John McNertney at Green Ocean Global, we would have gone to him as he's someone that is Lisbon-based and he is experienced with expat financial challenges. So he's a go-to person that we recommend. Right, he can help you with long-term investments, financial systems, and international taxes. And he's actually helped us and producer Dan has used him to explore what it would be like to move abroad and see if it would fit his family's current financial situation. I think what's great about him is that he gives you personalized plans. He will look into your unique situation and he'll help you out. And this is honestly what's super necessary because we get tax questions and finance questions on the YouTube channel and literally no background from the person that's asking us the question. So now we've started to point people to John. Right, because everyone is different and everyone has their own unique situation. So you need an expert to help you out. All right, so visit greenoceanglobal.net for contact information and further assistance. Check out the show notes below. Hello, and welcome, my emerging expat. You're tuned in to Let's Move to Portugal. I'm producer Dan, and I have the distinct honor of bringing you YouTube travelers and our resident Portugal experts, expats everywhere's Josh and Kaylee. Each week, they'll inspire, they'll educate, and they'll accompany you on your journey to Portuguese residency. This week on Let's Move to Portugal, immerse yourself in the rhythmic tales of Rivka's musical odyssey. Experience the intimacy of private concerts and explore the universal language of music. All set against one of Europe's most enchanting backdrops. Hey, expats and travelers alike, welcome back to Let's Move to Portugal, Season 2, Episode 4. How you doing? Are you asking me or are you asking our listener? Everybody. Okay, well, I'm doing well, and listener, we hope that you are doing well, too. That's right, and we just got back from a trip to Rome. What do you think of Rome? Oh, I love Rome. Rome is one of those places where I like visiting, but I wouldn't want to live there, although this visit was a little different. We this was We different. stayed in a different area that was a little more, like I guess you could say, livable, sure. uh, rather than being in the touristy areas. So, I don't know, it changed my mind a little bit, but still, I think that Rome is just so romantic for me that living there might not ruin that, but change that. Maybe, but we'll speak on that on a future podcast. We'll dedicate something to Rome when we do our uh, Italian road trip, right? We're doing an Italian road trip series uh, a little later this year, so be sure to check that out when those drop. So, uh, YouTube-wise, I do need to apologize to anyone that watches us on YouTube as well. We linked up our platform for hosting our episodes, and when we did that, all 42 episodes dropped on on the YouTube channel as well, and I'm sure that that might have uh, annoyed some people out there. So, <laughs> if it annoyed you, I apologize. It's kind of odd. Normally when something like that connects, they go private. But for some reason, they all just went public. And it was like this big uh, episode dump, right? A dump. <laughs> a dump. Uh, oh, well. Sorry about that. <laughs> yep. Uh, so what's coming up on YouTube will be we're filming some stuff in Maya, which is a, a suburb, really, of Porto. And we're going to do a neighborhood guide of Maya, neighborhood city guide of Maya, and then also an expat interview there. Because Maya is a little more of a livable area. I shouldn't say livable. It's a little more of a, like a, an affordable area in terms of housing where even since we moved here to Porto, people were saying, go check out Maya. Anytime we talked about like rising costs in Porto, everyone was just like, go check out Maya or go to Gaia, which was on the other side of the bridge. Gaia's prices have now kind of not caught up to Porto, but they were they're now at Porto's level from maybe 2021, 2020, 2021. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So mine is a little more like of a suburb, I guess you could say, of yeah, Porto. Yeah. But it's really well connected. That's what I really like about Porto is the metro system gets you out pretty far into these suburbs. So you could live out there without a car if you wanted to um, and be connected into Porto quite easily. So maybe you're sitting on the metro for 30, 45 minutes, depending on where you are. So we are going to be doing a couple of those uh, surrounding areas that they're their own municipalities, but they're close to Porto. So you could visit quite easily if you wanted to. So we'll do a few of those on the channel. Uh, we have a couple other uh, videos coming up and then we'll take a little bit of a break around Christmas, New Year's time just because everyone's traveling the holidays and so it doesn't really make sense to put much out there. And we'll be doing the podcast in Italy at that time. Yep, that's right. Uh, so this week we've sent Valencia to school dressed up as a Paw Patrol. She is a big fan of Sky. I think it has something to do with Sky being a girl that wears pink. Yes, of course. <laughs> it is her favorite. <laughs> so that uh, is her outfit for this year for Halloween. Although she does like to travel through the air, as we found as we got back from Rome. Uh, all she's wanted to do is play hotel. Um, and yeah, so that, that that's fun. She does like that. And actually, on our flight back to Porto, she we hit a bit of turbulence, and she was laughing, and, you know, we were Kaylee jumping was, around. I was Kaylee getting was nervous. clutching the armrest. <laughs> and she, she thought it was funny. So I was like, good for her. <laughs> In a couple of days, we are set to break ground on our development, and we will be updating everyone on the other channel, Let's Get Building with Josh and Kaylee. So if you want to know what's happening there, uh, be sure to check that out. But hopefully it's, it's a bit wet here, but hopefully on the second we'll be able to get over to the property and uh, swing a hammer. Definitely. Okay, so you chatted with Rivka. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Great what she's doing. She's down in the Lisbon area, I guess you could say, down yep. in that area, not in the heart of Lisbon. But um, she's got something really cool going on. Yeah, and, you know, Rivka, you know, if you're separating who she is kind of professionally and personally from her project, um, it's kind of two different things in a way. Uh, in a sense, it's the same because she's trying to bring together people with music. So she's a professional musician who um, has performed all around the world. And she has a, a, a folk rock band that has that has traveled quite a few countries. And she decided to uh, to kind of bring her talents, if you will, to Portugal. But in doing so, she has started hosting these amazing parties. Yeah, they're very unique, I think. That's what really caught me when I was chatting with her because, like you said, she's got a background in music, also in dance, too. Mm. And she wanted to open up a space for others to to play music and then for those to enjoy, right? So yeah. I think that can be a little difficult here mm. in Portugal to find a, a space that's not like a club maybe right yeah so it's more like a venue for events but not just music stuff though she's doing all sorts of different events at her place now yeah and we didn't really know much about these until a contact of ours put us in touch with her and then honestly the first time because you talked to her through email more honestly through the first time of talking to her on the podcast i was like whoa this sounds amazing kaylee and i definitely need to join in uh with one of these events so essentially what she does is she starts to connect people. Um, and a lot of her audience is foreigners, but she is starting to get uh, more Portuguese that are joining these soirees. So she brings people together, introduces people that have um, maybe similar paths or like-minded or interests, and then steps away, lets that conversation flow, and then introduces other people to each other. There's food. There's local wines at her parties and uh, and music or arts on on display. And the setting is really nice too, oh right? My gosh. I mean, if you look at her website um, or Facebook, yes, she, she the, you, it's just beautiful to see what she's done with this space. So it seems so amazing. And when we get down to Lisbon next, we definitely want to go to one. One that I think is also interesting is she has a surprise guest kind of event. So she oh. so she has. You know, an event, you don't know who's going to come, but she will have someone, you know, that will show up as a surprise guest that you get to meet that just has a really interesting story, someone that would be fun to chat with. Yep. And the cool thing about this interview is that it's not all focused on music, not all focused on her business. Actually, not that much of it at all is focused on her business. But it's really about daily life of being in kind of the, the Lisbon metro area, also in Kashkaish. It's another one from Kashkaish. But 
I think because of that, there's a lot of value. And then the side benefit is that maybe you can connect with her at one of her events. Right, because she's moved around a lot. She's been in a lot of different places. And so it's interesting to see why she chose to currently, at least, be in Lisbon. Without further ado, let's get to the episode. Worldpost.io is powered by Anytime Mailbox, which means you can get your mail anytime, anywhere, even on your smartphone. And they really have competitive pricing with their lowest package starting at $5 per month. Here's a cool feature they have. WorldPost can relay things from the U.S. to Europe. So that includes documents. <laughs> Amazon purchases. Amazon the purchases. US. <laughs> and you can get it to Portugal. And they have a variety of packages. And some include secure shredding, free junk mail filters, and things like that. I bet you love that junk mail filter. Oh, lots of junk mail. I sign up for a lot of newsletters. <laughs> She's not joking. So if you're interested in worldpost.io, you can visit the website or check the link in the show notes below. Okay, let's talk about Lusitana Dreams because what they're offering is really great. Yeah, it definitely is. And Dallas actually has grown Lusitano Dreams since we first met him. So he's really getting his process dialed in. The thing that I like about it is it removes the barrier and, and choke point of the proof of accommodation because that's been one of the biggest things that the D7 and the D8 for the, like the long-term people have had problems with, right? Yeah, it's definitely something that is really hard to lock yourself into sight unseen. But here you can have a legitimate contract. You can rest assured that it's going to be a soft landing because you're coming into a furnished place in a good location, in a livable location, until you can kind of get your bearings and figure out where you really want to live. And the cool thing about it is that they can start your lease when you arrive. So you're not like burning a few months of, of cash essentially paying for an apartment or paying for a lease that you're not using. Yeah, that's one that's really hard to negotiate, trying to get a lease that starts when you want to arrive and not when you are actually applying. So the fact that they offer that as a service to where you're not, like you said, burning those months saves you a lot of money. Yep, Lusitano Dreams offers visa-friendly proof of accommodation. So that could be for the D7 visa or the D8 visa. And their properties include detached houses, apartments, room rentals as well in different locations like Lisbon, Cascais, Lule, and they're expanding too. So uh, soon to be Porto and quite possibly Silver Coast. Yeah, which is really exciting. So check out Lusitano Dreams for more information. We have a link in the show notes below. Rivka, I am really excited about this interview because you are someone that we have not spoken to. You have a story unlike any that I've heard of, and I'm just excited to unpack everything that is uh, about you. First of all, in 2019, you moved to Portugal. What brought you to Portugal? Yes. Well, that's a very good question. I decided I wanted to come to Portugal to do exactly the business that I'm doing now with my Sunset Ocean View events. So in 2019, I was still working as a rock violinist in my own band, and I was looking for places to set up this events concept that I'm now doing. And uh, I came to Cascais, and uh, I spent about an hour from Paco Danfano down to the historical center. And within that hour, I knew it was going to be the perfect place for me personally, but also uh, for me to do my business here. So that's what originally brought me to Portugal was to do that. And that's what I'm doing. Okay. And mm -hmm. for those that aren't familiar with Cascais, it is uh, pretty close to Lisbon. It's kind of in the yes. Lisbon metro area, but it is also known to be kind of the resort destination of of Portugal, at least for kind of that area of Portugal, for sure. Not just Portuguese, but international uh, travelers will go there to take in the sunsets, right? Yes, exactly. It was uh, a, a popular uh, party destination, actually, in the 60s. So people, whereas now people go to Lisbon to party, in the 60s, people used to come to Cascais and Estoril to party. And uh, it has a very interesting history as well. There are a lot of villas there because a lot of the Portuguese aristocratic families used to live there. Right. And uh, a lot of these noble families used to copycat each other's villas. So you can see those along the, the promenade. 
And during World War II, uh, there were a lot of spies, uh, German spies that came here, and also a lot of uh, Jews that were fleeing, um, you know, persecution and the Holocaust during World War II. So it that kind of gave birth to all of these James Bond series and the casino that you see. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of kind of interesting stories uh, that happened in this part of the world. It's it's very safe. It's incredibly livable. You have these beautiful beaches, some of which you can only access uh, by boat. You have a beautiful marina. Um, it's kind of like the Côte d'Azur in France or um, very Monaco. much so. It's Absolutely. very it's very affluent. It's very safe. The president of Portugal lives here as well. Yeah. Um, and you can see him kind of on the beach, usually doing his daily swim. He's incredibly approachable and accessible, like all Portuguese are. They're very friendly. And uh, there's a lot of great restaurants. It has the highest number of sunshine days per year. The nature is beautiful. I mean, there's good wine. There's not a lot to complain about, to be honest. That's right. That's right. Yeah, maybe, so maybe the prices, which we can unpack. Yes. But, it's expensive. But, but you're getting yeah. a lot. You're getting a lot for your money, I think. Nice. But it is, okay. But it is expensive, yes. Kashkai definitely feels like a, a swanky place. And you know, now yeah. that you mention the the sunsets, I distinctly remember the last time I was there. I I was looking at a sunset, and I, I decided to call my my dad on Facetime. I jump yeah. on Facetime, and before I can even start talking about the sunset, he's just like, "Where are you? It looks stunning." Wow. Wow. Yeah, and I was like, "Next time you come, I'll have to take you here." But uh, okay, so you arrived in 2019. Um, yes. Let's let let's chat about like kind of what's happened over the past four or five years in terms of sure. what you have seen, what what prices have done in Kashkaish and in and in Portugal in general. What do you think? Well, Kashkaish is a place that's very fluid. Portugal is a place that's very fluid. It's the hot spot in Europe in the moment, at yeah. the moment, because you have this digital nomad visa as well. So you have a lot of digital nomads that are coming. You have the golden visa, which is kind of on the cusp of ending, depending on who you, you ask. Uh, Lisbon is a vibrant, dynamic city with a lot of culture. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of uh, cultural offerings that are happening there's it's attracting a lot of different people a lot of foreigners and the portuguese are trying to navigate all of these these changes mm. i mean my perspective is that i think it's it's very good for portugal because uh portugal it's an old world country you know this is uh it's it goes back to before the Middle Ages, you know, these people, they were fishermen, they were colonizers, they were explorers, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, they then kind of became more isolated on the Iberian Peninsula. And so now they're being exposed to a lot of different cultural influences, and they tend to be um, in a very lovely way, but they tend to be on the quieter side. They're very different from the Spaniards, who you find across the border. They tend to be quieter, more reserved, um, and they tend to keep to themselves a bit. And having all of this, uh, you know, cultural melting pot that's happening with all these foreigners coming in is really opening them up. Mm. So there's a lot of changes that you've seen. And of course, because it's attracting a lot of foreigners, the prices are going up. So there are difficulties. The Portuguese are kind of being pushed to the fray because they can't afford the housing prices in a lot of these beautiful places, Lisbon, Kashkaj. Um, and they're struggling a little bit, trying to find their way. Uh, and uh, we have a lot of uh, expats and foreigners that are coming in and taking advantage. That's not the right word. Uh, seizing the opportunity for all of the great, uh, you know, property uh, investment that's here that you can do here. You can build a business here very easily. The Portuguese are really open-minded and embrace a lot of different kind of, especially cultural initiatives. So it's very vibrant. It's very dynamic, um, and, but it's changing very, very quickly. And the prices are unfortunately one of the areas where it's you're seeing the most impact in terms of the price increases. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you've noticed any sort of like change in the social dynamic between Portuguese interacting with you or with other foreigners that you know of. Have you seen any sort of negativity, negativity or friction that that has happened? And I, because I just recently got into a conversation with someone mm -hmm. on uh, 
on YouTube about this. And I okay. haven't seen it personally, but I'm curious if you have. Uh, well, I think two things. One mm -hmm. of the things I've noticed, which I was speaking about before, is that the Portuguese, they're really opening up. They're much more interested in expats and foreigners and having friends that are expats and foreigners than at least my experience was even two years ago. Mm -hmm. And I think that is just because uh, their exposure to foreigners is so much more because there are so many more foreigners and expats here. So they are really opening up and they realize that there's a lot of benefit to multiculturalism, to living in a city that's a melting pot. Mm -hmm. um, but I think there is frustration on the part of the Portuguese that they can't afford to live in their country in the way that they did in the past because the prices are increasing a lot. Sure. And so they have some frustration, as any of us would do. You know, I'm, I'm American, and uh, if I were living in the States, and I felt like the prices had gone up by 30% which they have as well. There's other yeah. reasons for that. Yes. I would I would also feel frustrated, you know. Um, so there's that. But uh, we have to make an effort as foreigners, just like when people come to our countries, like I'm American, as I said before. So when people come to the United States, they integrate, they learn the language, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and when we come to Portugal, the language is very difficult, but we need to learn the language. We need to immerse ourselves, not just in the food and the wine, but we need to understand Portuguese writers, Portuguese poets, Fado, the history, and the, we need to learn the language, which if you speak English, it's easy to, to make your way, mm -hmm. you know, on a day-to-day -day basis. But if you really want to become a part of the culture, uh, you need to, to learn Portuguese. Yes. Okay, nice. Well said. Agreed. <laughs> definitely definitely nice. agree with that. For Good. Sure. Nice. So a part of your story is you, you you moved from the US, you were were in Europe in Germany yes. doing your, your professional music stuff. And then yes. you decided, hey, there's there's something interesting going on in Portugal that I could do. So you made that switch from having your residency status status or visa tied to your profession and then yes. transitioning it into a golden visa. Can you kind of walk us through that process? Of how I personally arrived at that decision? Or yeah, how, the, how you arrived yeah. at the decision and then what steps did you take? Where are you in your, your golden visa process? Because I've heard of massive delays that people, you know, have 18 months, two years delay just doing their biometrics and then they don't actually yes. officially get their visa until three years and then their clock starts for uh, for their residency. So how's it going yeah. for you? Hopefully positive. Yes, but there have been delays uh, okay. well, for a lot of reasons. Okay, so we had COVID just like everybody had COVID and that caused a lot of delays. And also uh, Seth is in the process of changing their whole system over. So that also creates a lot of delays. But Having said that, I think the Portuguese are quite uh, generous and quite understanding in terms of once you filed your application, you're allowed to stay because they understand all of these delays. So, but it does take a very long time and you can also e experience that the documents that you're required to submit then kind of expire before you're allowed to, to actually submit them. So you have to start the process all over. So navigating the administration and bureaucracy of Portugal, depending on where you're from, it's difficult, it's challenging. And uh, the only thing I can recommend with regard to that is to do it in the Latin way. And the Latin way is that government and administration and bureaucracy is scary. And that's why you need a professional to do it for you. So don't try to do it yourself. Get somebody who has done it many times before, whether it's a lawyer or, you know, there's all of these um, immigration agents and just pay the money. It's worth it and get them to do it. They will they will arrange the appointments. They'll tell you exactly what they will hold your hand. I like it when people hold my hand, <laughs> you know, because I, I, I I'm good at other things, you know. So you don't you don't have to be good at everything. So don't try to learn to be great at administrative Portuguese bureaucracy. It's not worth your time. Pay the money. Get a professional to do it. Uh, and then you can enjoy your wine and the sunset and, you know, the beautiful food and the views and the people here. 
yeah, it'll cost you a bit more, but it's worth it. How did you identify Portugal as as your next destination, having lived some time in Germany? Like, oh, was it well, a trip that you took or what sparked it? Well, um, much as yourself and a lot of people who are probably tuning into your podcast, I have traveled extensively. I've lived in all over the place, doing lots of different things. And so when you do that, when you travel around a lot, you have a very honed instinct, a very intuitive approach, and you know like that, what you like, and you know if you like a place. So I had this business idea to do my event series that I do with music, art, wine, and food. And I traveled around. I was in all kinds of places, Croatia, Montenegro, Greece, Spain, Italy, France, all over Germany. And, but I never tried to do the concept, this business in those places, because I could feel that it wasn't the right place. So to answer your question, why was Portugal the right place? Portugal for me was the right place because when I came originally, it was very well priced, very inexpensive. And it still is when you compare it to, say, France, for example. It's much, it's much less, it's less expensive than France. Um, so the price point was good for me. The weather was great, uh, is still great. The nature is beautiful. It's also very easy to get in and out of Portugal. So you have Lisbon Airport, and you can get direct flights pretty much everywhere. Pretty That's much right. most days of the week. You're on the touring circuit for all kinds of great exhibitions, uh, musicians, concerts, conferences. You know, we have the Web Summit here. I'm actually going to that because I know that sounds weird considering that I'm just so untechy. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I have the goal to kind of improve in that area. Um, yeah, so there's all kinds of fascinating uh, conferences, amazing cosmopolitan lifestyle. You have the sea, you have amazing uh, natural parks, you have beautiful forests, historical monuments, a fascinating history. So all of those things were a big draw for me. And you're located very well. You want to go to Berlin for the weekend? You go yeah. to the weekend. Well, I don't think that you give yourself enough credit for, for your tech savvy ability. I think the problem was, uh, for a little behind the scenes, Oh no! Um, the problem was it was in Dutch and that's one of the languages you don't speak. So in yes. fairness, yeah. Yes. Okay. Thank, thank you, Josh. That's very kind of you to. No, absolutely. It's the truth. Okay. So you have, you have this experience as a, a professional musician seeing the way events have been held uh, in various parts of the world. And you decided to bring all that into a business that you brought to Portugal and a property, a stunning yes. property uh, that you. you brought that you brought to Portugal. Tell us ab about what you're doing with your events and how you're helping uh, people, not just foreigners, but I assume Portuguese as well, yes. connect. Okay. Uh, well, one of the things that I did when I was a touring musician and where I got this idea from, I used to play these private events and they were so enjoyable because it was different when I played at a club or at a concert hall because yeah. everybody knew each other or they knew that somebody they knew there knew the host. And so it created this really lovely, intimate atmosphere where people felt like they could talk to anybody and they really connected well. Yeah. And I, I just loved that. And I said to myself then, when I retire from my band, I'm going to give musicians also this opportunity because I would play to these beautiful listening audiences and it was just so much fun. So uh, when I came to Portugal, I got my place and I renovated it into an events location and uh, I did it with that in, in mind. And it's, it's great for me because it's my ikigai, which is a Japanese philosophy that says in order to be happy in life, you need to Every activity you do has to have a couple of tenets. You have to be good at it. It has to make a contribution to your community. You have to grow from it. You have to be passionate about it. And it has to be financially sustainable. So my events do that. And I'm sure for you and Kaylee, your podcast is also doing that. Because I can see that you guys are very passionate about that and also very good at it. Thank you. So you're welcome. So it's a very important thing to do. And um I started doing them in a very tiny apartment that I had in Kashkaish. And then there was a pandemic, so I had to stop. 
And, and then when I got my place and renovated it, uh, I was able to do bigger events. And the really amazing thing is, is I get a really eclectic group of people from about 35 to 75 in all different phases of their life, maybe digital nomads, some people are CEOs, some people are retired, writers, poets, musicians, painters, you know, stay-at-home stay moms, uh, you know, bankers, uh, crypto investors. I mean, it's very varied. And that's my, the people who come to my events, they're about mm, 60% now uh, foreigners or expats. Okay. And about 40% Portuguese, which is super exciting. That's great. Me. And yeah. it's related to the question you asked me before about what kind of changes I've seen. Because before when I did my events, I didn't have many Portuguese, like maybe 10%. Sure. And, they, and when they would come, they didn't seem that comfortable because mm -hmm. they were kind of like, oh, there's a lot the of outsiders. People. Yeah, they're like, there's yeah. a lot of outsiders here. And they just... I could tell they didn't feel comfortable, but now when they come, they feel totally comfortable. Cool. And um, it's really wonderful to see that kind of interaction between the expats and the foreigners and the locals. And, you know, they're having a great time, enjoying wine, enjoying food, enjoying music, enjoying art and the views. And it's really inspiring for me. I love to see that. Okay. So mm -hmm. I'm going to selfishly ask a question. Uh, which, which I hope the audience uh, wants to know the answer to as well. But I just found out about about what you do putting on these events, and I'm curious to know how much they, how much they cost. Sure, it's a uh, thirty euros to come. Oh, okay. It's very well it's, priced. It's thirty euros just to stand there, look at the sunset from your your. I guess pool area. No, I, I offer. I cook food. No, no, no. I, 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 I'm saying for me, it's thirty hi. euros just for that. Oh, thank you. you know, oh, that's it's a, nice. It's a it's a million dollar view. Yeah, well, I like to make a contribution, and like I said, because I I, I like the idea of ikigai, so I make homemade food uh, okay. all by myself. So I make a lot of delicious dishes, and I work with local wine producers because I like to also involve. Portuguese businesses and what I'm doing and collaborate with them. So I was I, curious I, about that. Yeah, because yeah. as I scrolled through uh, the, the Facebook photos, I, I, I saw the way you highlighted some of the, the brands. So yes. you have relationships. That's great. Yes. So I like to, you know, collaborate with other people, musicians, uh, painters, uh, winemakers. So um, that's one of the things that I really love to do, to give them the business as well. So mm -hmm. I have a uh, very nice wine there. Uh, I cook delicious food. At least that's what people tell me. <laughs> so, um, and uh, I like to present things in a nice way with lots of flowers. And I like to employ local musicians uh, and also local painters and artists. So, yeah, that's, that's what I do. And um, it's a lot of fun to do that. When you say local, do you mean people that are based here in Portugal or do you mean Portuguese? Like both. Okay. If, so sorry, if there's no. a if 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 there's um a foreigner that's a musician or exactly. uh, an artist, uh can they contact you and get involved and collaborate? Is that possible? Yes, I have all kinds of different musicians who have played at my events from Ukrainians to Argentinians, Brazilians. Cool. I've had Koreans and lots of Portuguese as well. So if somebody approaches me with something and I go, oh, I like that. Yeah, I like that. I like that person. This is going to be fun. Like with yeah. you and like with you and Kaylee. Yeah. Um, I thought oh, this would be fun. So I, then I want to do it. And uh, so at the moment, also people who are foreigners, like I've got uh, a, a painter who has his paintings at my house at the moment. He's from Germany. Okay. And he has his paintings there for a few weeks. And then local winemakers. Uh, yeah, anything I find that's fun or interesting. If people are living here, doesn't matter if they're Portuguese or if they're foreigners. I like to involve them in what I'm what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, awesome. Yeah. Well, well, we will put the links in in the description section okay. or the show the show notes here. Great. And um, if people want to search you up, then it's just Sunset Ocean View Events. You can find yeah. your information on Facebook and Instagram. Correct. Yes, exactly. Cool. Okay, awesome. Okay, so moving to uh, transitioning to transition, uh, okay. one of one of the things that that you like to do is help people transition better, yeah. right? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. how how do you do that? What do you do, um, including these events? How do they facilitate helping people transition? 
Well, uh, I suppose they learn from each other. You know, they meet mm -hmm. people who have been through the same process they've been through, whether it's like buying a property, uh, renovating a property, um, immigrating to Portugal on a particular visa. I don't know, finding their network of people who can just guide them in their life from where's the good coffee shop and where's the good restaurant to... Uh, who are the good bands to see when you go to Lisbon, things like that, you know. Nice. Yeah. Um, one of the other events that I do, because I do a lot of other events that I haven't spoken about in addition to the music events, I do this other event called a Connecting Lunch. Okay. It's Yeah, I do those once a month. It's for creative types like me, musicians, artists, painters, filmmakers, podcast uh, people. So you and Kaylee could come sometime if you like. Um, and I collect those people in a group and I usually bring someone from social media or website developer as well. Everybody, we eat and drink. We always eat and drink because eating and drinking is very important. Um, and then everyone has two minutes to introduce themselves and say what they are working on, but also what they need. So it might be a painter saying, oh, yeah, I have these paintings, but I don't really know how to market them. I don't know what galleries are good. And we kind of look around the room to see who can help out with that. So I do that as well. And uh, generally, when people come to my events, I love to be a hostess. You know, I love to connect people. It comes from my musician days of just interacting with audiences, I suppose. So when people arrive, I give them their glass of wine. And then I immediately uh, think, OK, who can I introduce this person with? So they come they get their glass of wine and they're immediately in conversation because I will just say, hey, Josh, it's so great to have you here. Have you met Kaylee? Which you probably already have, right? I have. Um, yeah. I have um, yeah, exactly. But uh, I would introduce you to somebody else who mm -hmm. I know my guests very well because, you know, um, I've spent, I don't, everyone who comes to my events, I've met in person. That's as well. I know them personally, even though. I have a huge network. I've all met them in person. So I know about their background. So if you came to my one of my events, I would know that you had this podcast. And maybe I would introduce you to somebody who uh, also had just recently arrived in Portugal. And I said, oh, you have to meet Josh because he has this great podcast with Kaylee. And there's a lot of information that you would find really useful. So yeah. I love to do that with people. Uh, because it relaxes them. And it's so nice when you just can make friends. And as we get older, in life, you know, it's easier when we're young because we're in schools, so all your friends you have at school, then you go to university, all your friends are at university, you have your career. But when you move to a new place, you have to start over. Yeah. You're maybe not, you know, in the, the habit of doing that. So it can be a little bit challenging. So if you come to my events, I help you do that because I'm just going to grab you by the hand, give you your wine and introduce you to some nice people. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> Earlier, you talked about um, you talked about language helping people transition. You also talked about music. We know that you're very yeah. passionate about music. Yes. Uh, tell us about Portuguese music. What are you? What are some things mm. that people should know about Portuguese music before they arrive? So not just fado, but other types of music that that you can Ooh. give us sort of insight into. Because the pop music mm. here is also growing in terms of its influence maybe not as yeah. much as brazilian pop mm -hmm. but what do you know that's a great question I, I don't actually know much about portuguese pop music and you are showing me that i really have to find out more about that because i really love uh fado music sure so that's what I listen to. I mean, I love photo music. It's just my personal preference, but I love it sung in the style of Amalia Rodriguez, who isn't mm -hmm. with us anymore. But she has that very big vibrato and she's got that real Moorish kind of style of singing, like Um Kathum. So I really like her style of singing. Mm -hmm. um, and I, like I said, I don't really know much about Portuguese pop music. So I really like the photo that, because I like the saudade, I like this kind of, melancholy nostalgia that they have in Portugal in the writing and the poetry and Fado is also similar to that. But tell me, you what, must know. Well, what, what, is, what is Fado music then? Oh, well, Fado music, how can I describe it? It's kind of like Portuguese people would probably cringe if they heard me say this, but it's kind of like a um, nostalgic, sad, which I like, mm. uh, flamenco. Okay. So, you know, you usually have someone playing a uh, guitar. Um, it's kind of, yeah, meets 
Arab style Um Kalthum Egyptian music. Like I don't know if you know Um Kalthum. She was no. this very sort of beautiful Egyptian singer with a huge vibrato, very kind of nostalgic, sad kind of music. It's mm. very poetic. It's storytelling, right? Yeah, storytelling. It's very poetic. So you can read the Fado songs and it's like a story. It's like a poem. And then it's put to music and they do it everywhere, the Portuguese. So you can see it in a theater if you want. But the best place to see a Fado is if you go very late at night, after midnight, into Alfama, onto one of those tiny squares, and you just see the old, sorry, the uh, older <laughs> ladies singing, singing just on the squares, not for money, just because they, they love it. So, yeah, it's a very old world style of music. I yeah. Okay. So to answer your question about Portuguese pop, yes, music, yes, I literally it. have no names that are rattling around my head. However, uh, here recently we have been um, connecting more and more with, with Portuguese and several of them, and one, one in particular has a, a young daughter who is 11 years old, maybe 12 years old. And mm -hmm. Sia uh, Valencia, our daughter is just smitten with her. Our daughter's almost four, she's three and a half, four years old, but just adores uh, this 11 year old. Well, the 11 year old was telling us about a, a massive musician that was in Vizela. And, you know, we started to look at the music that that this uh, artist was producing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's, it's actually really, really good. Like oh, high quality, that. high quality music, high quality music videos, has Beautiful. a good like poppy sound that, that you could mm -hmm. hear. You know, but for the fact it's in Portuguese, not English, but you would hear it. You, it's something that you would hear maybe on the radio type of yeah. thing. You know what I mean? Oh, so I do need to get more into uh, Portuguese pop because I think it could help me learn Portuguese a little better in a different way. Sure. Take on a different dimension to my understanding, my knowledge of, of Portuguese, you know? Yeah. You'll and have a fun, to fun way to learn. Yeah, you'll have to t uh, pass on what you're I listening will. to. I would love to. And thank you for asking that question because I really need to get to know the pop culture here as well. I'm kind of like an old world kind of person. I like everything old, which no, is I understand. in Europe. But I, I, to I totally understand. I totally understand that. I think um, the older I've gotten, the more attracted to like jazz music I've become. Mm. There's there's a like a feeling that one gets when they're listening to that versus maybe uh, a different type of feeling you get when you listen to pop music. But pop music is current, right? So you, you can mm -hmm. learn about a place, you can learn about the culture based on what they're currently talking about. So, okay. Tell me about why music is so important to you. Oh, what a great question. Well, music for me, it's, it's like the ocean. You know, we have the ocean here in Portugal and uh, you might be aware of it, but it's not until you go underneath the surface that you realize it's a whole universe. And music is like that. There's our mm. daily lives and then there's music mm. that was before us and will surely be after us. And uh, oh, it's everything, you know, it's mathematics, it's philosophy, it's listening and observation, it's copying what's good because mm. you, imit you imitate when you play music, especially if you're a good musician, you you imitate what you hear. Uh, and it's also um, incredibly non-intellectual because you can't uh, you can't really understand, you know, what an F sharp is. You have to, especially on violin, which is very difficult, you have to feel it. You have to feel it and know it from feeling, which you and people think that they're tone deaf. No, no, no. That's like saying you can't speak a foreign language. You can. You just need to try. It's all about mimicking sounds and understanding that certain sounds have certain meanings. And that's what music is about. And it's something you can do on your own. If you're a musician, you do it a lot on your own because you need to be practicing all the time. But then you do it with other people. And it's a conversation. You're in communication with other people. You can achieve um, immortality because you write a piece of music and you you finish it and then it's going to be there forever. I used to have these kind of panic attacks when I was writing. I was like, oh, 
I hope I finish this. What happens if I die before I finish this? You know, mm. I know that sounds, I know that sounds kind of ridiculous and draw and dramatic to say out loud, but I would have that feeling and then feel relieved when I had finished something. Oh. Yeah. And it's a, it's a meditation because it just takes you a million miles away and it's a party because everybody loves music. So, you know, you pick up your instrument and you play and, and it opens people up. You get to the heart of people you know, they forget their everyday and they open up to you about their lives and and it's history as well. So it's yep. history, it's it's all those things. History, philosophy, mathematics, discipline, listening, observation, party, meditation, alone time with other people, and frustration as well, because uh, you're never ever gonna learn all you can learn from it. And it's gonna yeah. be you're basically always gonna be in the position of slave. It sounds a it sounds a lot like school, but in a good way. Yeah, well, it is. It's a that, there are a lot of classes there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. there is a lot of classes there. <laughs> so I, I wanted to ask you that question to to set up this next question, which okay. is going to be is is going to be hard to answer, I think, because there's probably going to be a lot of things that that you're going to have pop to mind. But the question okay. is, bring it on. What has been your favorite? <laughs> Uh, experience in Portugal when it relates to music it could be an event it could be listening to a musician like what's been your favorite thing that has just impacted you culturally and just maybe been an epiphany or opened your heart what do you have oh so many my goodness it's really difficult to hard say. to choose one right it's hard to choose one um but tell I us an interesting one then tell us uh something that Maybe we'll help the listener understand Portuguese culture a little better. Okay, so uh, it would have to be related to Portuguese uh, musician. Well, I would say I had this amazing event uh, on Sunday, actually. It was okay. with ethereal piano-led compositions, very sort of simple, ambient, and with an interpretive dancer. That was very beautiful because they, they were doing that in the music room that I have at the house with the sun setting behind them and you could the pool was all lit up in this beautiful blue and um, at my events when the when the musicians are playing it's totally quiet mm. as well and so everyone you could feel that everyone was really connecting with the music and the dance that was really a special one actually um, apart from that Hmm, a lot of the photo concerts, especially sung by women, hmm. women and played on these very sort of old world uh, Portuguese instruments and uh, where you just kind of happen across them in the streets of Alfama after midnight on your way home from something else. And you just stop and the moon is kind of just shining down on the on the square and there's a woman who is probably also on her way home and she just decides to break out in Bado. That's pretty impressive, pretty amazing. And then everyone just collects and people start drinking wine. They go to the shops, they buy wine and it's a really beautiful feeling. Yeah, that's one of the most fascinating things that I've found about Portuguese culture. And I think this happens in general in life around the world, which is you just never know where you're going to end up from like one, one moment to another. But I tend to find in Portugal where you end up, it, it's usually very special and it's very interesting. Um, and I do, I, I do completely agree with you that there is this thing in Lisbon where it happens certainly more often where you're, yeah. you're walking around. And like you said, after midnight, sometimes before midnight, but after midnight, you've got these little pockets of people playing music and connecting in a cultural way that you just don't find in many other places. And then people exactly. start grabbing their, their uh, after midnight picnics, you know, of, of wine yeah. and, and stuff, charcuterie and whatnot. So yeah. cool. It so is. Cool. Mm -hmm. Rivka at expats everywhere. We believe that living abroad transforms lives. How has living abroad transformed your life? Oh, Oh, my goodness, in so many ways. I believe that travel and uh, living in other places and living in other cultures, really, it's the one thing that people can never take away from you and that you can never lose. You know, you lose people, 
you lose your your youth, you lose money, you lose a career. And um, when you travel, you always have those memories and those experiences. And when you live in a culture that's not your own, it it keeps you young and mm. um, it keeps you growing and experiencing. And it also makes you kind of craft your own person. You know, there's who you are born as, you know, the, the parents you have, the religion you have, the culture, the language, everything. And then there's who you become. And part of becoming who you who you are comes from choice and from being exposed to a lot of things. So when you travel and you live in new places, and it's also just very challenging, but in a mm. good way, you know, to kind of just set your life up anew from scratch, you know, new place to live, new friends, new language, new food, culture, new way of doing things. It's very challenging, but it's very uh, rewarding and it really helps you grow. I would never regret it. It's my, it's the thing that has just transformed as you ask and say my life more than anything else. I'm so fortunate and happy that I did it. Amen to that. Rivka, thank you so much for sharing your experience with expats everywhere. And we do ask anybody interested uh, in in events going on in Lisbon, especially the Cascais area, to check out Sunset Ocean View events on either Instagram or Facebook and uh, enjoy one of those events. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> So listener, we know that you are preparing to move to Portugal. We did everything ourselves for the D7 visa. So we have a DIY D7 course. We also have a DIY remote worker course now since they've split those up. And if you're already here, we have a living in Portugal course for you. Now, the difference between the D7 and the D8 or the digital nomad visa course that you could get is if you have active income, you should be getting the digital nomad or D8 course. If you have passive income, you should be getting the D7 course. And we have a special promotion for anybody that is a listener of this podcast. If you type in podcast at checkout, you will get $15 off. So these will just guide you through exactly what you need. They stay up to date as things change. And once you purchase it, it's yours for life. So if you're not ready to go now, you can still get it and take a look and you can use it later on. And Kaylee is a mad lady and she is always updating the course so that it doesn't fall out of date. Well, I have to because they're always changing things and so it has to stay up to date. That's facts. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Let's Move to Portugal. Contact info for all the services mentioned are in the show notes. If you like the show, please subscribe. If you love the show, please tell a friend, connect with us on our socials, and if you want to help us out, give us a review on your podcast player. Expats Everywhere Presents Let's Move to Portugal is produced by Time or Money Productions. Expats Everywhere researches our guests, and we do our best to provide factual and relevant information at the time of the recording. Despite our best efforts, we can make no guarantees as to the accuracy of what you've heard in this episode. We highly recommend that you do your own research and check your own facts.